This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3278 for Wednesday the 24th of February 2021. Today's show is entitled, A Minor Victory Against Designed in Obsolescence. It is hosted by Beezer, and is about 9 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, extracting a bit more life out of a device that Apple would rather have you dump. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello, Hacker Public Radio. This is Beezer. I know several people are now on their third or even fourth iPad. One is, to be fair, one of those weird Apple cult disciples who, within the limits of his funds, has to try and have the latest model of everything they make, regardless of whether the previous model is still serving him well. The others, though, have for the most part been forced into upgrading to a new model due to the obsolescence designed into iPads and iPhones as well, for that matter. My problem with Apple has always been with their business practices rather than the devices themselves. Judged in isolation, an iPad, for example, is a superbly engineered piece of kit, uh, and it's highly reliable as long as you don't misuse or damage it. The display, even on the early models, has always been excellent, and they've got better still with each new model. The iOS user interface is, to my mind, more intuitive than Android. So, what is there not to like? Well, my daughter went to a school where the head teacher was, for some reason, very well disposed towards Apple. No matter how restricted the budget for IT, the evaluation for new equipment always seemed to result in the purchase of Macs or iPads, even though generic Windows and Android devices could have delivered the same functionality at a much lower cost. When she first started the school, a scheme was launched whereby pupils could acquire an iPad on a lease purchase arrangement for about £20 a month including insurance against loss or breakage. Since these would feature strongly in the school's e-learning activities, and it seemed all the other kids were going to get one, against my free software instincts, we signed up for the scheme. I'm not sure the amount of essential use these iPads ended up getting justified the scheme, but that's something I could only judge in hindsight. As time went by, my daughter left that school and used the now-aging iPad 2 less and less. After about six years almost daily use, the device remained in remarkably good condition. The battery life was still enough to watch three full-length movies on a long journey, the display was still crisp, and the audio faultless even at maximum volume. So why she lost interest in it? Well, there were two big issues. It didn't bother in the slightest that the operating system was now unsupported and receiving no security updates. What did bother her, though, was that just about every app she tried to install or upgrade reported the need for a later version of iOS than 9.3.5 running on her iPad. And, of course, iOS itself could not be upgraded either. The other issue was that of onboard storage. 
The Model 2 came with 16GB of which about 3.5 was used by the OS itself and the pre-installed default apps. By the time she'd loaded a music collection and recorded a few video clips with the built-in camera, it didn't have a lot left and of course there's no way to add any more. In contrast, most Android tablets come with a micro SD slot so you can easily and cheaply add an extra 64GB or even more. As far as she was concerned, the iPad 2 was now useless. So, in common with every other piece of ancient or obsolete tech in my household, it was given unceremoniously to me with the instructions to do something with it. Over the years, I've had the job of finding a home for any number of phones, TVs, DVD players, VCR players and domestic appliances in various states of function. These days, it seems you literally cannot give an old but working TV away. Even charity shops generally won't accept mains-powered electrical items as they don't want to accept liability if they catch fire or electrocute somebody. At our local recycling centre, they have a skip devoted to electrical items, so that is where I reluctantly end up taking a lot of my stuff. Peering into it, I'm sometimes tempted to remove items that other people have dumped. I've seen laptops and PCs which look to be in perfect condition. To cut a long story short, nobody else was interested in this old but perfectly working iPad 2, but it seemed criminal to take it down the council tip. I decided to hang on to it, at least temporarily, to see if I could get any genuine use out of it. It struck me that the minimum residual functionality required for this old iPad to be of any real use to me would be the ability to use email, browse the internet, watch YouTube and use the camera. Anything else it did would be a bonus. First I tried to set up my email account using the default mail app and was pleasantly surprised to find it worked fine. The internet browser Safari was less successful. It could certainly display some websites, generally those with a minimum of complexity, but for most sites it would just keep on reloading the page but never get beyond displaying a blank area. I tried upgrading Safari but it wanted a new version of iOS. There are all sorts of browsers in the App Store, most of which I've never heard of, and nearly all of which had very low user ratings. I tried a few regardless, but was thwarted by the need for a later version of iOS most of the time. However, my last option was a browser called Maxthon 5, which had received plenty of good reviews. It installed without any problems, and although it was a bit on the slow side, both in loading and moving between sites, everything seems to be displayed correctly. Even YouTube works fine as long as you show a little patience when it's loading. As far as I could tell, the camera app hasn't changed since the iPad was brand new. It works perfectly. The video is only 720p, but unless you want to use it in challenging lighting conditions, it's not bad at all. All the other standard iOS apps that came pre-installed still work other than Safari. It means that the device can still be used for FaceTime. The ability to watch your own movies is a bit constrained in all iOS devices, so to rectify that I tried to install VLC and was delighted when that installed OK and worked perfectly. Beyond playing almost any format of sound and video, a particular advantage of VLC on iOS is that it comes with its own data space which means you can transfer videos onto the iPad using the USB charging cable direct from a PC as mounted storage. If you don't have the cable handy, VLC also has a wireless transfer facility built in, which you can access from your PC's browser. 
Satisfied that this old iPad could still be a practical device for me, I tried to add to it and found that the BBC iPlayer app could also be installed. The iPlayer can be accessed from the Maxton browser, but it's tediously slow to load, but using the app is considered to be quicker. I was also able to install the Simple Radio app, which gives access to feeds from thousands of radio stations all over the world. The end result of all this is I have a device which, despite being around nine years old and officially obsolete, can still be used effectively for email, internet browsing, playing music, watching movies and video calling. So that's enough to provide the basic functions you might need when you're out and about, but don't want to take a laptop with you. My bottom line is that while I wouldn't buy an iPad of this vintage for more than the price of a coffee or a beer, if you have one lying around then don't throw it away. There could be somebody you know who could get some useful life out of it. The only word of warning I would give is to always bear in mind that this device has not received any security updates for several years and never will again. On that basis, I'd hesitate to use it for any kind of banking or for completing forms containing sensitive information. Other than that, though, all the while the battery is giving at least five or six hours of life, why not get some utility from it? I find it such a shame that a perfectly good computing device is designed to be thrown on a scrap heap at the whim of the manufacturer rather than because it's finally given up the ghost. As I mentioned earlier, these old devices are extremely well made and deservedly popular as a result. My gripe with Apple has always been its business practices and cynical pricing policies, which I'm sure contribute more than a little to Apple being arguably the most valuable company in the world. Bye for now. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.